Hello and welcome to another episode of Season of the Witch with Rowan Oaken, the show where we spill some tea on the occult and read the leaves to filth. I'm your host Rowan and in this week's episode we are talking all about Midsummer or Letha, uh, whatever you like to call it. Summer solstice, I don't know. Perhaps you're Swedish and you uh, you call it Midsommar, which, by the way, is what my husband calls it and refuses to even acknowledge me calling it Midsummer. It comes from the, um, you know, the Ari Aster film, Midsommar. Uh, don't worry, this episode won't be featuring group sex rituals or the culling of the elderly. That's a reference to the film, by the way. Uh, instead, it will mostly be featuring herb collecting and observing the sun. I must admit, this is a little tame compared to the other Savaty episodes. I often find like some of the juiciest content comes out of those big Celtic fire festivals, as there's there's a lot more history and lore surrounding those ones. It's it's not like the Yule Winter Solstice where we have, you know, Christians just going batshit over things, you know, like trying to Christianize some sort of pagan celebration. The closest you are going to get to this or that, any of that in this episode, is like a Swedish tree losing some limbs, and that's it. Midsummer has, it's definitely got this like, uh, whatever kind of energy. No, more like a uh, whatever. You know, it's kind of like we got to this time of year and everyone was just a bit like, shall we just chill out for a bit? There's not much to harvest and nothing really needs planting just yet. It's like the hour before you need to start getting ready so you can start pre-drinking. It's it's calm, placid. It's you know, it's nice. It's it's the hour on the beach before you go to for a stroll before lunch. It's the 30 minutes waiting for the bus. It's a solstice. Stand still. Do very little. That's the kind of vibe that I get from it, and that's what you're gonna get this episode. Right, I'm not gonna bum around this episode. I'm gonna dive deep into it, straight in, so that um, that way I can give you a little bonus spell for drawing down the sun, which I will pop up as an extra bonus episode, because I'm feeling abundant as funk. So come on, slip your shoes off and come lie next to me as we talk about Midsummer. That was a beach reference, by the way, not a sexy reference, <laughs> just in case you weren't sure. Um, this is the beach, not the bird. Although, that said, a coven member did tell me that she listens to the show whilst falling off to sleep, which I find hilarious. <laughs> Can you imagine that? Free the flooding. Was it free the flooding? No, guess. Anyway, sorry. Let's get on with the show. Let's go with the show. So you may hear this one called a couple of things. Midsummer, Leather. Uh, or the summer solstice. This is when the sun is at its zenith. It's at its strongest. And this year in the Northern Hemisphere, that's 4.31am Monday on the 21st of June. And I sort of, you know, I have mixed feelings about this one. On the one hand, it's really exciting. The days are long. It's abundant. There's still plenty of light. But at the same time, shit things are going to start getting darker. And um, long-time listeners of the show know that I suffer from a bit of the sads. Um, so that can feel kind of oppressive. But, you know, it uh, swings around about It does signal a move towards Samhain and Halloween, which I freaking love. I absolutely love. 
The, um, the word solstice, as you may know from the winter solstice episode, comes from the word sun stand still in Latin, as the sun seems to linger high in the sky for a long period of time. Now, at its core, this is a time where the sun is celebrated in all its glory. It's a little bit fiery, this festival, but it's it's actually not one of the great fire festivals, which is confusing. You know, we've had in Bulk and Beltane, and our next one is... Lunasar. Uh, but this isn't one of them. But it feels like it totally should be one of them because it's all about the sun. You know, but I'm not here to judge the Celts, just talk shit about them. What is quite nice though is that it is celebrated in tons of other cultures around the world, you know, because well, let's face it, everyone can observe the summer solstice in some way or another. And you know, it may not be the hottest day, but it's going to be the longest day in the northern hemisphere. Or if you're in the Southern Hemisphere, the shortest day. Happy, happy Yule to you. Um, and your happy winter solstice. Um, in in most, you know, in in most of those cultures as well, um, you're going to see things around fertility, abundance, success, good fortune, prosperity. So, unlike the thing is, unlike others before, you know, fertility festivals like in bulk in the belly. So impregnated, Ostara, um, kind of hatched out, Beltane, kind of the frivolity of it all. This is more like boom. It's just you know the 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 world is just teeming with things now. Things are, are running about, running amok. You know, amok, amok, amok. Um, but for us, you know, it's also it's a time of holding off with some of the things that we've been doing. You know, we've been busy. We've been super busy with things. You can also sit there and chill. It's not one of the the first harvest festivals. You know, we've still got, uh, you know, Maybon and Samhain. Lunasar is a harvest festival. I think it's kind of a harvest festival. Um, so, but like, there are there are things to harvest at this time. So you know, kind of you can chill out a bit. You know, crack a beer eat some lettuce or whatever is growing in your garden at this time. You know, we, we've got tons of lettuce and, and pebble sprouting broccoli. So a salad it is. Raw broccoli salad. <laughs> Sorry, there's a, there's a joke in there um, that my husband will get listening to the show. I'm not going to talk about that one. It's gross. Um, as it is a, it's a little fiery. Some people like to uh, light bonfires on the top of hills. You know, old pagans, but new pagans, neo pagans, light a bonfire, dance around it, chuck a burning wheel down a hill. Hopefully, not at someone's house. You know, other pagan stuff. As as with most transitional times, this is a good time for communicating with spirit for this one, but particularly the fate, which again I think is confusing because I thought that was Beltane, but. I think, and this is this is me reading into this a little bit, I think when they talk about the Fae, they're talking more about fairy folk for this one. So not goblins or water spirits, because you know bitches love a water spirit from last episode. Um, I think it's fairies because, you know, everything is in full bloom. It's really sunny there. You know, the fairy folk are, they're, they're in full swing. You know, they're doing their, their pollinating thing. And, and that's my logic for you. You're welcome. You don't have to take it. One of the uh, one of the first things I think of at the solstice is is Stonehenge, and I still haven't been, mostly because I've heard that the queues are horrendous, and I'd have to get up at four thirty one in the morning. I wouldn't even have I'd have to get up way before that to drive there, and they say that that parking is really difficult, and parking is fifteen pounds. So I'm like, mm, 
No. Um, but they have recently been live streaming it digital age so i could get up at 4 31 but i'm not a morning person so i might try and see if i can watch the sunset instead thinking of uh thinking of last year and solstices last year we um we had we had a bonfire too in our garden and i kind of regret that i didn't really do anything with the charcoal um because i think that would be really good to harness for some sort of some form of of energy and I do, I do have a spell in here today for, uh, it's, it's, it's a love spell. It's kind of just briefly mentioned today that uses charcoal from a, a, a summer solstice fire. But I think that would be really nice to harness, you know, maybe thinking about positive energies towards a creative project. So I think that's what I'm going to do. And I'll let you know what I get up to on the coven page on that one, because I, I'm, I'm thinking of it and saying it out loud right now. Right, let's look at some of the lore behind it. So in Greek and Roman times, there were deities attached to the Sabbath, such as Athena, who they honoured in the hope that she would bring rain for a good crop, considering how hot it probably was in Greece. This was quite important. Or um, in the Roman pantheon, Juno, who ruled over the hearth and home. And it was it was believed that this was a good time to, to marry under the honeymoon, which is the June moon. June moon, um, which now I'm saying it, is that the origin of the name honeymoon? Okay, quick research break. Okay, the answer was no. The answer was no, not really. The etymology is more around the month after you got married where everything was a little nicer and sweeter. Sorry about that. Um, you know, my husband and I, we had we had a honeymoon celebration in Disneyland Paris and got badges for it, which is super gay, super gay. Um... I'm allowed to say that because I'm gay. And they wrote La Lune de Miel. That sounds like I was saying derrière then um, on them, which quite literally means the moon of honey. Just thought I'd share that with you. A little bit of fr a French fact. Right. Uh, for the Saxons, they too celebrated Midsummer. And it's believed that this is where the word Letha, uh, Letha uh, comes from. I like the pronunciation Lither, but that's wrong, um, which is the Saxon word for the month of June. Looking into where this came from, this was one of the, um, one of our old faithfuls on the show, Bead. Oh, got to love a bit of Bead. Shout out to Anal Bead on that one. It is, um, do you know, is it sad that I have in jokes with myself on this show now? Yes, the answer is yes. Um, so as we know, with Bede, he has a tendency to sort of jump to conclusions and kind of just like make stuff up out of nowhere. But for this one, there was, there was a lot more recorded evidence. He, uh, you know, he was the one that kind of really popularised uh, Lever in terms of the, our understanding of it. What's also quite interesting is that the Saxons also celebrated a rainy deity, just like Greeks, um, Thor for this one. Very similar to the Greeks, as I mentioned. Um, and we kind of take this one for granted. In, in, you know, in more, more of the developing world, um, rain isn't as important to us, or at least we don't think about it as much, you know. Uh, without it, you know, back then your crops would die. And if your crops died, so did you. Um, now if it doesn't rain for a couple of months, we just get a hose pipe ban and then bitches just like 
cry out about how crunchy their lawns are. You know, it's not as serious these days. You say it's not as serious. There is a problem. There, you know, um, some countries like Taiwan, big water shortage in Taiwan. So much of what we know about the way that Celts and Druids did things is kind of a little bit sketchy as no one was writing things down. It's believed that at this time they were celebrating the marriage between earth and heaven and would gather certain items up for magical workings. The light at this time would be used to to banish evil spirits and energy. Couples would jump through flames for luck and apparently the higher you jumped, the higher your crops would grow, which is super cute. I like the idea of jumping to grow something and I wonder whether you could take this idea and jump to grow a project or a passion. You could, you could do it over a candle. Okay, I should stop. If I get listeners writing in because they set themselves on fire, it will be the end of this podcast. Don't play with fire. Fire bad. Use electric candles. Let's jump over to China. Ni hao. So in Chinese, the summer solstice... Number... <laughs> Do you know, I just recorded this segment because I said summer solstice wrong. I called it the summer solstice, and I did it again. I'm sorry if I keep doing that in this episode. Anyway, in China, in the in Chinese, the language of the Chinese people, uh, the summer solstice is known as the xiazi, which means summer's extreme. So like when summer is at its most hardcore, that's kind of what it means. You know, like summer's like, it's like taking like a monster energy drink and it's, you know, it's vaping. I don't know. I don't know. What do hardcore people do? Um, but I love Chinese for I love I love how literal of a language it is. You know, um, I don't think you'll ever come across a language as literal as Chinese. Uh, so you, you know, this is I'm digressing a little bit, but you know, some of my favorite really literal Chinese words: um, uh, which means electric brain. That's a computer. Um, what's another one? Why um, singlen? That is, that's an alien, um, which means, and the, the direct translation, if I, if I just take those characters and translate them, that, that means out star person, which is really funny. Um, oh, Feiji, which is, uh, which is an airplane, direct translation, flying machine. Right. Can you guess this next one? Okay. Next one is Da Song Mao, big bear cat. What do you think that one is? It's a panda. <laughs> oh, I just love the Chinese language. It's fantastic. It's ridiculous. Uh, sorry, that was a bit of a tangent. Anyway, uh, the Xia uh, Zidian, or summer solstice time, is seen as the, the yin to the yang, the male counterpart to the female, a time of fertility and abundance. Nothing too earth-shattering with that one, really. You know, in some parts of China, this is a time to eat a shit ton of noodles, uh, why? Um, because, because it's hot, you know, that is the, that is, you know, and it's cold noodles as well. That, that, that's, that's the important part. It's cold noodles. Eat lots of cold noodles. And the only explanation I could find was that, that is, that's because it's hot. Um, you know, cold noodles taste good, you know, um, they're not wrong. Uh, cold sesame noodles, in fact, on a hot day, they are the bomb. It, you know, it could, it could have something to do with the wheat harvest, but I'm not 100% sure on that one. I don't know. You go do the research. <laughs> um, I, you know, I sort of covered this on the moon episode, but I should highlight that 
uh, the aspect of gender again. The idea of the sun being masculine. Things like virility, strength and power can also be attributes of a woman. I almost think sometimes that society's modern view on gender is very different to how other civilizations might see them or have seen them. You know, when you think of deities like Athena or the Morrigan, uh, now, I would use words like strength and power to describe them. Gender is just, it's totes a societal construct. Tear that shit down. We don't need that. That doesn't serve any purpose. So when I think of Midsummer, I, I cannot, of course, avoid thinking about Midsommar, as mentioned, you know, the Ari Aster film, which takes a lot of representations from the Swedish celebration of Midsummer, involving pole dancing. <laughs> Not pole dancing. Like, 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 like many poles, you know, <laughs> you, you know what I meant. Uh, this, though, would not be called a maypole because bitches can read a calendar. It was instead called a midsummer stank. Um, I say instead called like a was like it still is. It still is a midsummer stank, uh, which it kind of looks like a cross with two balls. on. <laughs> <laughs> With two balls hanging off the horizontal line. But, you know, and by balls, I mean, like, circles. Circles. They're not balls. Oh, gosh, what are we descending into? I do apologise. Um, I read I read that once upon a time... I'm not going to tell you a fairy tale. Once upon a time, it resembled more of a tree shape with these kind of gradually increasing horizontal arms and then in an attempt to, like, Christianise it so it didn't look like a tree, they just reduced it to one horizontal arm. I don't know how factual that is, but they have it, you know. Uh, one cute little tradition that I read as well in Sweden was that if you collect seven different flowers, they've got to be different flowers, and put them under your pillow on Midsummer Eve, you're said to dream about your true love. Oh, nice. So what the hell are we going to be getting up to on Midsummer? Well, I will, I'll let you know. You probably gathered by now that you are going to be doing some kind of work with magics around abundance, fertility, growth, and vitality. Um, also, perhaps protection and protecting all of that as well. This is, you know, this is this is also definitely a green witchy time to celebrate. There is, there's things to harvest, there's things to forage. Uh, you you can work outside at this time. It's a good time to reconnect with nature, to listen to it, to meditate in it. As much as I said it's it's a nice kind of kickback time, it's also it's also a nice time to get your ass into gear with some of those projects that you set yourself uh, around in bulk. Um, the, the evenings are, are longer, so you've got more time to do something you know, to fulfil your projects. You know, every every year, as I mentioned, I, I set an intention word, and for this year, my word was zenith, which is really nice, kind of connecting zenith and midsummer together now. And I, I, you know, I wasn't looking to take up a new skill. I wanted to get better at doing the skills I already possessed. I think creative people have a habit of skill hoarding sometimes and being quite eclectic in their skills. Not all creative people at all. And maybe actually sometimes what I mean to say is often unsuccessful creative people, probably the most successful ones, are the ones that stick with one element of craft and really hone it. And I've, I've got that terrible habit of being overly eclectic in my creativity. So I wanted to, uh, to you know, hone in these skills and um, get better at things that I already do. Now, there were a lot of goals that I set myself that I still haven't completed and some that I know that I will never complete this year because of the COVID restrictions, which is kind of, it's kind of tough. 
you know, and that's not something everyone talks about a great deal. That feeling of failure that you can get from setting yourself all these projects and then never completing them. Sometimes, sometimes I think overcommitment can be worse than undercommitment because as soon as you set yourself up to fail, you are, you're demotivated. You know, why, why try harder when you haven't achieved everything? I know that I need to, I need to readjust my priorities and the goals I have set for, set for myself. You know, sometimes there are these, there is huge goals that I do achieve. And because they aren't on my list of things to achieve for the year, I don't count them as achievements. But they've taken so much of my time and, and, and efforts and, and energy. And I think, I think this midsummer, I would quite like to give some thanks to those achievements that I've made take stock a little bit and acknowledge efforts that weren't purposeful intentions, but callings that were made to me this year. A lot of, um, a lot of what we've mentioned so far, things like bonfires, collecting up herbs, you know, they're really great if you've got a garden. But what about if you live in an apartment? What can you do? Well, I think you can adjust things a little. You know, a bonfire is just fire. Why can't it be a candle? You're not just light a candle under the sun, even charge it, charge the fire with the candle, with the sun's light. Um, do you have a windowsill where you can grow herbs? Could you harvest some of that this time? If not, is there a park you can go to? Maybe try and spend the day identifying some of the lesser known herbs and plant life in your local area. Appreciate them a little bit. I think it's one of those Sabbaths where it's just nice to be in the sun. If it's a sunny day, of course, you know, um, you can just re- regard that feeling of warmth. If it's not warm outside, not sunny, turn the heating on, get under a blanket and create your own warmth. Nice, get creative. Another one that I've seen cropping up a few times is water, the pilgrimage to a holy well, which pops up in nearly every bloody Sabbath, if I'm honest. I think these days, though, we have such accessibility to water. You can just think about what you have in your tap. You know, after all, it, it's connected, isn't it? I mean, there's a chance that it's passed through a, a local Hollywell at some point, which is amazing. But of course, it's really disgusting and revolting at the same time when you think about it. Like, so, you know, what is this connection with water and midsummer? I don't know. I haven't read anything specific for this time, but I do wonder whether it has something to do with that connection of the watering of the crops and the rain. That's at least what I'm putting it down to. Another one that pops up is the vigil, being there to greet the sun and to say goodbye to the sun. I don't think this is 100% practical, but I may consider doing some work out in the sun on Monday. You know, perhaps I will do some work on the computer under the sun, go for a lunchtime walk, maybe even have my breakfast outside. I think I think vigils only really work if there's if there's more of you. And I think if you had a coven, this would be great. I, you know, I... I love doing a, uh, I love the idea of doing a round the world vigil with the coven where we all like check in with the sun. That could be cute. That could be nice. We could do that. Maybe, maybe it's a thought. Uh, next, we have something to do with the uh, Druid Pantheon, maybe the, the, the Holly King and the Oak King. This is a time when the Oak King loses the battle over the Holly King and now the Oak King rules. Perhaps collect some Holly make a holly crown. Is that blasphemous? I don't know. That you know, that was like that was I all I've got in my notes is mention Holly King, Oak King. So 
Sorry, that was that was sparse. Um, <laughs> uh, do, oh, do you know, I just thought of something else that I did for for Midsummer last year. Uh, we uh, we had a feast. We had a feast. That was nice. I made a ridiculous strawberry chocolate cake. That lo- it looked really bad, but it tasted amazing. I did lots of baking, served lots of uh, foraged foods as well, and some foods from our little allotment. We made nasturtium gin cocktails too, which were a lot more delicious than they sound. Uh, nasturtiums have really, really delicious, like peppery flowers that you can eat. You know, this is a this is a really nice time for for feasting and revelry. For, you know, throw a party, have a barbecue, take pause, reflect, and collect if you're able to. Um, I know here in the UK things are opening up more, which means I can actually see friends and have them over. So this might be you know this might be something I do. Um, although Monday it's it's a school night, so it's likely just to be my husband uh, and I. Either way, though, either way, we're going to be feasting and beasting. Uh, you may want to do a little dance. Light yourself a fire. Not, like, on fire. Light yourself a fire. Um, or, or a candle and jiggle to some music. This is something I occasionally do when cleaning. Get my swiffer out and jangle myself to a tune. Midsummer's a great time to kind of raise that energy through, uh, through movement and dance and music. Um, Midsummer isn't one that's particularly known for divination. You know, you think kind of Samhain when you think divination, maybe even Beltane, but you could employ some daisy magic for some love divination. He loves me, he loves me not, all that. I've read also that if you go into a field, close your eyes and grab a fistful of daisies, it can then foretell how many years will pass before you're married. Useful stuff, useful stuff. You can also take some flowers from the oak tree, pop them under your pillow, and you'll dream of your lover. The best one, though, the best divination, comes from the Welsh, and that is to go down to a sacred well at midnight, and you wash your laundry, and what you do, whilst you're washing your laundry, is you chant, he who would be my partner, let him come and wash with me. And apparently, he should turn up to help you with the laundry. Which is fantastic. I might try that with tons of other stuff, though. Just, like, just to get some help around the house. He who would be my partner, let him come and cook my dinner. Uh, He who would be my partner, let him come and weed the garden. The list could go on forever, couldn't it? It'd be amazing. Um, I've I've seen that this is... I mentioned this before. It's a good time to do a love session. And you fill a wee bag with rose petals, lavender flowers, and coal from a midsummer bonfire and a rose quartz. And then you can leave that out by your door to uh, to attract a lover. Which is fantastic. You witches are thirsty. Are you thirsty? The amount of love spells that exist is ridiculous. I've never done a love spell in my life. Don't need to. <laughs> Um, what about tarot? Uh, last year, I spent some time just meditating on the sun card, and that was quite—it was quite a nice touch. Perhaps so. Perhaps uh, a tarot spread. And I saw a really great one on in in tarot bang tarot. I'm—I've said that wrong. Um, there's a nice summer solstice spread on there. It's I N T E R R O B A N G T A R O T dot com. Have a look on that. Uh, so what you do is you, you take your sun tarot card, place it in the middle before you shuffle and draw uh, anything else. So so that card is out. Pop it in. Uh, you should have the sun um, 
at its peak, power up north. Uh, summer means everything for us that the tarot sun does. That made no sense. I, I just read that verbatim and I, I'm moving on. I didn't understand. Um, so number one, so your first card should be the recover and renew card. So what do I most need to pull from this season? What do I need to soak up from the sun? So what are you recovering and renewing from? Nice. Next card, number two, place it next uh, near that sun card. Rest and relax. Where in my life do I need to rest and relax? What stresses can I step away from? for a spell? What can afford to sit on the back burner while I take a minute? Your next card, number three, rumpus and romp, which I love, I love, oh, wild rumpus. Uh, where in life can I celebrate and play? What's a good theme for a summer adventure? COVID secure. Number four, release and reblock. Where do I need to watch for burnout? How can I protect myself to get the best of the season with minimal scrapes and burns? I have also seen something similar with runes, which I'm yet to explore. I've, n- I've never explored runes. Upcoming episode? Thoughts? Uh, what about some dream divination? You could um, you could pop some lavender, mugwort and chamomile in a pouch under your pillow, write your question in it, and uh, just get to dreaming. My lavender at the moment is going fucking wild in the garden. I don't know. I'm going to probably use this one just to get rid of a ton. My mugwort, on the other hand, is looking a little bit crispy. And um, so you could, I like the idea that you can just like write any question in there and you can dream about it. I think that's ace. Multi-purpose. Useful. Um, talking of herbs and collecting herbs, we've mentioned this a few times in this episode. I have um, I have a bit of a, a list for some of you that might want to be on the lookout for at this time to be using in your workings or just collecting to dry out for using in your workings at some other point. Because midsummer is, is allegedly a really good time to harvest a lot of these herbs, um, specifically at, um, at its most powerful and potent noon. So uh, first one that we've got is Heather. And do you know what? If I'm completely honest, I've chosen most of these because I have them either in the garden or nearby. So apologies to anyone who is in a different climate and has no access to these. So sorry. <laughs> Heather. Um, now, I had no idea that the blooms could be made into tea. Just learned that recently. Uh, I've got tons of Heather in the garden, but none of it's in bloom, which is confusing. So I I read that this is a good time to harvest it, but none of it's in bloom. Um, And apparently it should be. Um, So I've obviously done something wrong. Daisies. We've mentioned daisies. Um, I recently learned also that they are heliotropic, which means they they follow the sun. And, you know, they close up at night. It's all just kind of cute. It's kind of cute. Kind of creepy, but kind of cute. Um... So that's nice to add to uh, to your sun workings. And apparently, if you pick them between, as I mentioned, noon and one o'clock, um, when the sun's at zenith, they're going to have the best bang for your buck as well. Um, what's nice about daisies? They they represent both love and innocence. So they could be good for a love spell, even with as a self-love spell, you know. Or maybe you want to do a spell about um, some kind of being able to see something with fresh, new, innocent eyes. That sounds really creepy for some reason. Maybe it's just my brain. I do love a horror film. Marigolds. When I think of marigolds, I think of the gloves. Um, They're an easy bedding plant to get your hands on at garden centres, to be honest, at the minute. I tried to grow some from seed and I killed all of them in a really hot sunny day, which, to be honest, as I go through this, this list, I managed to murder a lot of them. 
during uh, their seed growing. Uh, so they come in nice, beautiful, sunny colours. They can make great garlands or, or midsummer decorations for yourself or your altar. Meadow sweet. Um, and this is another one that died in that really uncharacteristically hot April where it was like 32 degrees. I was growing it because I wanted to, uh, I wanted to make meadow sweet tea. And now I will never know the powers of Metasuite. So I can't tell you much about that one. But apparently it's a good one to harvest at this particular time. Next up, chamomile, which I love. Even just the smell of the leaves, I just think it's gorgeous. Be careful with consuming this one, though, is because I know that um, I've heard of people with, like, ragweed allergies before. Like, it can, like, really funk you up, like, really bad. So just maybe lay off that if you know you've got ragweed allergy. Sometimes I use chamomile as part of an incense as well, looking for calmness or to soothe some working that may perhaps otherwise be fraught or of a fraught nature. Mistletoe. And that was a really unexpected one for me on that list. I do not associate mistletoe with midsummer at all. But apparently the druids cut it at this time saying that you had to cut it with a single strike of your knife in one foul sweep. I don't know why. Why? Um, oh, and it can't hit the floor either. Again, I don't know. But mistletoe, uh, rosemary, uh, trying, um, which is really good to, uh, to attract the fae. So if that's what you're here to do, then boom, grow some rosemary. Um, does that mean it? Like, the thing is, if that's something that's really good at attracting the fate, you know, something like, mm, 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 what's it called? My brain's gone. Absolute Hawthorn. They say that's like really naughty to, to cut. So why is rosemary fine? Anyway, rosemary. Chuck it on your bonfire for protection. Scatter it in a circle. Bake it into bread. Drizzle it on some food. It's very versatile. I use rosemary in a lot of spells. It's kind of like the, the quartz of... The herb world, I find. Uh, Robin. Mm. Also going by the folk name of Witchwood. Yes. It can be cut at the same time and you can um, use it as divining rods. Divination rods. You could hang it above your door to repel unwelcome visitors, create protection charms from it. You name it. Robin is versatile. <laughs> oh. God, it's ridiculous. Uh, St. John's Wort. This is another one that got, uh, this one got murdered in the great summer day of April 2021. Uh, but it has some pretty strong associations with, associations with midsummer, um, which again is the best time to harvest it. I think as well because it's yellow. I think that's why it often gets associated with midsummer. It's a really good herb for banishing darkness and negativity. And of course, it is known for helping to treat mild anxiety and depression. So yarrow is one of my favourites to work with. I've got this huge yarrow plant, which is just taking over one of my beds at the moment. And I remember reading that it's quite invasive um, and it hasn't got flowers yet. But when it does, it's got these big, beautiful yellow flowers and you can get them in other colours as well. But I thought yellow was a really nice one because I, it was something that I could kind of bring into my midsummer practices. But I need some freaking flowers on it. Come on. <laughs> um, I use the roots a lot in incense. And um, but I, I actually, I buy the roots, I must admit, which is because I, I've not, worked on harvesting roots just yet. I'm quite nervous about the idea of harvesting roots in case I end up killing the plant. So that's, well, that's one of the things I need to start doing next. Uh, the, the leaves are really great, dried as well, throw them on a bonfire. Um, Yarrow is really great for purging, cleansing, 
exorcisms, maybe? I think, I don't know. Everything's good for exorcisms, isn't it? They always say it's good for exorcisms. Um, what about some crafts? Making things. Well, I mentioned marigold wreaths, but um, any kind of wreath really at this time would be gorge to make. Maybe one last year I hung on my now non-existent altar. I haven't really talked about that much. Uh, yeah, non-existent altar. Have I mentioned that on the podcast? I recently, I took down my altar. Not because I'm like giving up the craft, but I realized I was doing all my magical working in the kitchen, all of it. And my altar was in my bedroom. And I was constantly taking things down from my altar into my kitchen. And I realized my kitchen's my altar. If that's where I'm doing all my magical working, why don't I just create that as, a, as an altar space, and as like an active altar space? Does that make me a kitchen witch? No, it doesn't. Um, but it, it uh, it's just it's just where I, I like to work. And I think that's, that's a message I really like to send across is don't get hung up on this idea that the altar is a shelf or a static space. An altar is a place of working. Uh, make it work for you. Anyway, what was I talking about? Wreaths. Uh, you can make wreaths from oak and holly leaves. That would be cool, wouldn't it? You know, kind of that duality. Um... Although I suppose if the Holly King is winning, it should be a Holly wreath. Uh, you could then have some gorgeous yellow flowers, like uh, like Cromary Golds, your St. John's Water, even even dandelions and daisies are all, uh, you know, that, 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 that strong and it would be nice, wouldn't it? You could, um, you could make one to wear as a crown, or you could just make it hang on your door. Wreaths are easier than you think to make, you know, especially if you buy your base too. Um, if, if not, you can make your base out of things like grapevine, willow, even like something like bundled birch would probably work there. That's, that's quite flexible and bendable too. Talking of dandelions, that was another thing. This time of year, I used to, as a kid, used to always drink dandelion and burdock in, in, in around the summer solstice. That's not a drink you really see that much these days, is it? It's delicious though. Oh, I love dandelion and burdock. Um, cinnamon. And I should mention cinnamon really in that kind of herb list. That's, that's, a, that's got a lot of associations with this time of year. It's quite strange that, you know, you have, you know, cupboard. Mm. Well, the cupboard's just like suddenly shaking for no good reason. Um, cinnamon also has that connection with Yule, doesn't it? So, you, um, so you've got the winter solstice and you've also got the summer solstice, both having that connection with, with cinnamon, but it's about light uh, and warming, warmth, um, wanting warmth and having warmth. So you could make a cinnamon broom at this time, which I totally thought was a broom made from a cinnamon stick. And it isn't apparently. It's a broom that's infused with cinnamon oil and powder that you can like stick the powder to it. But I totally think you can make a cinnamon stick broom as well with twigs. Cause I, and I think that would do the trick. I think that would be cute. One last thing for this time of year is drawing down the sun, which, um, which is a ritual. And I will, I will, I was going to leave this as a bonus spell, but I'm going to, I'm going to pop it in as another episode on its own, just as a bonus. Um, and I haven't done it in quite some time. The one I use is from the, uh, the Sabbath Essentials. Is it from the Sabbaths? It's it's a Llewellyn one anyway. That's where I that's where I take mine from. Right. I'm off to the well anyway, so because I need to go ask a mystery man to do the dishes as they're mounting up. And there we have it. Another Sabbath down. Only two to go now. Or three. Did I do Samhain last year? 
I know I did Problematic Ancestors. I kind of feel like I covered Samhain pretty well, which means it's just Maybon and Lunasaur. Shit, this year is going so fast. Well, let me know what you are getting up to this midsummer or summer solstice. I did it again. Let me know over on Instagram at SOTW with Rowan or in the Cheese Witch Coven, which is our private coven group over on Facebook. You can do that by searching for Cheese Witch Coven on Facebook. For those of you who are new, the Cheese Witch Coven is a private space where we chat about witchy things, share witchy practice, ask witchy questions. And we meet every, um, we meet twice a month for a little chat about what we've been up to. And it's just a nice live space to kind of sound out ideas and talk about some of the things that we are getting up to. So come join us. Before I leave you, I have a little thank you to a listener of the show who reached out to me to um, to share their thanks for uplifting their spirit at such a dark time recently. I'm not going to name them um, on the show as I haven't really asked for permission, but I, I just want to say I hope you are doing well and thank you so much for your lovely, kind words as well. Every day I am blown away by the listeners of the show who continue to make me feel so proud of the community that we that we've grown together there have been there have been so many times where i've i've wanted to stop doing the show because of just how time consuming it is but that there those kinds of comments and this platform that's been created for others to grow and to laugh during such difficult times that that's every currency i need to keep going so again Thank you for listening to Season of the Witch. I've been your host, Rowan Oaken, and until next time, don't forget to stay witchy, bitchy, sassy, and classy. Midsummer. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gee. <laughs>